1: For the audience, mm-hmm. it's almost like when you're self-managing your property and you're like, "I'm really good at this. Let me start doing. So let me start a property management company." And all of a sudden, you're running vacation rental property management company. But at that point, it's you, you can't just do everything yourself. You have to systemize it. Yeah. And then one step above that, not managing other people's property, but selling them the system for them to be their own property management company. So it's different layers of it. But you're totally right. It's it's a different challenge, and I feel like in terms of the market, it's at least for me, I, I love being able to help people and say. Hey, like, this is what I did. If it's a good fit for you and what you want out of life, you could just copy what I did. And it's just a really cool feeling for me. And I I agree with you. I think it's such a ripe time in the economy. People are looking for a career change. A vacation rental has, in my opinion, never been hotter. And it's not going to stop.
0: You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. What's up, all my Slick Talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully. Now, these are the days where enough is enough with managing multiple calendars for your properties in order just to make sure you don't get double booked and not having a website for your guests to get to know your story and book direct. You can stop stressing at least a little bit and check out my friends at Hostfully. Hostfully was created by hosts for hosts, and they understand the importance of centralizing operations, inboxes, calendars, and of course, keeping up with the times in the industry data. You can go to hostfully.com, use my code SLICKTALK20 to get access to their digital guidebooks and their property management software. I use them as well, and I love the simplicity of their product. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now sit back and enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm super excited because I have the founder of Made This. Neil, my man, how are you doing today? And I saw you bobbing your head behind the scenes. it's good to see your face today how are you doing today i'm doing very good and uh i didn't realize you could see me i was digging the intro music though i'm like oh this is awesome Like, <laughs> i'm pumped to be here No, that's, that's great good. that's a, that's good feedback I've, i'm excited for that um the intro it makes me feel like it's a friday night and we're about to go out it's, exactly it's exactly noon and you know Nothing's open right now, and to be your holidays, but yeah, excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, Neil. Of course. Well, my man. So we got connected through another kind of podcast professional out in the out in the world, uh, not particularly for hospitality, but when I was telling him about you know Hospitality FM and Slick Talk and everything that we're doing, uh, he was like, "Hey, you got to meet Neil. He's the founder of Made This, which is a, a cleaning company made for uh, vacation rental hosts and managers." And so. Hearing that automatically as a vacation rental manager myself, I got excited. And so uh, glad we had our intro and our pre-chat. But for the audience that's listening today, you want to jump into kind of how you got into vacation rentals and hospitality as a whole before even starting your company and then kind of leading us the moments of the the creation mm. of, the, of the brand and what you've created today.
1: Yeah, definitely. So uh, just to start off with Made. this is uh, the first and only vacation rental cleaning franchise, which exists uh, in the US. So cleaning franchise focus a lot on vacation rentals, but also residential homes. So that's what we are right now. Um, so I started out well in 2013, actually, I, uh, I was working in private equity, I was working in finance, kind of corporate monkey, right? I was like in a cubicle doing Excel models all day and just figuring out how to escape the rat race. Uh, so reading a bunch of articles, and I really wanted to quit my job and travel. Uh, that was kind of what I wanted to do. And I tried a bunch of things to do marketing, e-commerce, like whatever I thought you would need to do in order to quit your job and travel. Finally came across a post of a guy on Reddit actually, and he started a cleaning company and he posted all the steps for it. So I thought, you know, this is one of the many things I'm trying. Let me give it a shot. And it started working. And this was like 2013, 2014. When, well, you know, people like early days at Airbnb, people are house hacking, you sign a lease, you sublease okay. it, and you keep doing that. Like you can't do that as much anymore, but Early days of Airbnb, right? Yeah. So people would call me and say, Hey, can you guys do vacation rental turnovers? And I was like, I don't, I don't know what this is. No. Uh, <laughs> then after like the fourth call, I was like, all right, let me look into this. Yeah. You realize, like, oh wow, like there's way higher volume here. It's B2B. You know, there's no get there's no people in the units. So it's a lot easier for the cleaners. Like it's actually a fantastic little niche, which no one's tackling. And well, I'm sure you know this, but like cleaning companies, local service companies, super old school, right? Like no technology get to text them whenever you want stuff like it, it's yeah. terrible so one reason why made this kind of worked in general not just for vacation rentals versus anything else I was trying is just that the competition wasn't that good mm-hmm. right compared to compared to like what we were doing we had like online booking automations text reminders like just reliability just basic stuff that any millennial expects yeah um that we were doing it right because because I thought that was normal um and then realizing oh that's actually not normal so That's kind of how we started and got going around 2015 is when I quit my job, took this full time. And about a year ago is when we just started the franchise model, which is a fully remote franchise model. So I traveled for about five years while building made this, and now I'm back in Los Angeles.
0: Wow. Wow. So you dropped a lot on me there, Will. Well, there's a lot to dive into. (laughs) I did, though. This is good. Uh, So for the obvious, like growing demand part, like you obviously saw, like this was a need Mm -hmm. because you're getting so many inquiries on it. Um, but my my first question is, were you were you the cleaner right out the gate? Were you cleaning these homes uh, by yourself, or did you did you go full on staff and say, you know, I need help doing this stuff?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's people. There's two types of people who start cleaning companies. One's the person who's really clean and does it themselves. And the yes. other one starts a company because they're completely not clean, so mm-hmm. they can't do it themselves. I'm the second for sure. <laughs> like, so I I would have got fired immediately if I did the cleaning. So I've never done a cleaning for a property besides checking in, helping out hosts, things like that. But I haven't actually done the cleaning.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, it's yeah. good to it. because I think like, you know, I, a lot of people, you know, start off, you know, right out the gate doing everything themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really important because like not everyone's made to or like wired to work that way, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, absolutely. you're obviously, if you're not a clean person in your own home nor anywhere else that you stay, whether it's a vacation rental or a hotel or whatever your parents mm-hmm. house, like my parents would kill me. If they uh, saw how my house or my, my home gets uh, every now and then due to, you know, lack of being up, up to date with all my stuff. But like, you know, I think if you have the mind of the business and you know how to operate and you know how to create structure and systems, that gives you mm-hmm. a lot more credibility in order just to get a streamlined company that's more efficient rather than doing everything yourself and losing, you know, the attention to detail that you need normally for yeah. of operation
1: hundred percent. And well, to be honest, I wish I could say it's because I had that insight when, when I was starting it off. But the reality is I was just working in corporate and there's no way I could have cleaned myself. For sure. For um, But like, I would, I would assume if someone said, Hey, you have to start, you have to start it off by doing cleaning. I would have done it. I just, yeah. I didn't even know sometimes ignorance is the best thing, right? You just sure. don't know how these things work. So you end up just figuring out a different way around it. And it worked out in my favor. So.
0: For sure, uh, yeah. one of my favorite stories from guests on the show uh, is their their two week notice story. How did that go? How did that feel for you when you were you know leaving your corporate job?
1: So I you know I haven't asked my old bosses about this, but like I wonder if they knew or at least know now that I was kind of building made this along while working over there because like at the beginning I didn't know what I was doing right. So cleaners would want to get paid. I'd say, hey, just pull up out fried outside of my office. I'd go to the ATM, grab cash, give it to them. And everyone in the corporate building, which is right behind me, could see me handing cash to people in cars every day. And everyone's like, you're a drug dealer. You're for sure. sure. <laughs> like, absolutely. So I wonder if they knew something was already happening. So they kind of expected it. So when I gave my my couple weeks notice, um, my boss, like, he wasn't really surprised. And I, I think, like, they were awesome, to be honest. They said, hey, the whole time, they're like, hey, you don't really seem like a finance dude anyways. Like, it's fine. You want to go travel, do your own thing? That's, that's totally cool. So it wasn't... Uh, they made it very easy for me and they were just awesome people to work for. So I got, I got kind of lucky, I think.
0: Yeah, totally. And you know, I don't share mine very often, but you know, I, my, uh, my bosses knew you know, when I was, a, oh, yeah? when I was a manager that they're like, Hey, you're, we know you have a podcast, but you seem to be, uh you know, going that direction of, quitting and i was like yeah no <laughs> i, I the job for the i world. love my salary and i love my job here i love working yeah. 70 hours a week uh but no it, it definitely like good bosses like that i think when they can tell um they feed into that and that was mm. kind that was nice for me it was like they're like hey like we're just going to train you to give you the best knowledge so when you leave that you know we can at least say you know we helped we helped that you know progress oh, that- that's cool oh so, that's awesome that's cool that you kind of got the similar thing yeah uh, so going tech focused, so you realize you had to automate a lot of stuff. Can you tell me what the back end of made this looks like when it comes to an operator versus your cleaning teams?
1: Sure. So you mean on the tech stack, right? Yeah, tech stack. Yep.
0: Just overall, you know, let's say I get a booking in my Florida property. What's the steps that happen in between booking sure. to check in to check out?
1: I'm going to describe it from the owner's end, and then I'll describe what actually goes on on the back end here. So yeah. from the owner's end, uh. Let's say we, I have the consultation call with you. It's a good yeah. fit. We say, great, I'll tell you to fill out the type form with your information of like your entry information, location, Dropbox information, a picture of everything needed. What I do is I use, um, we use a software called VR Scheduler on the back end. I'm not sure if you heard of VR Scheduler
0: or Will. Uh, we I know Jill Mason very very. Oh, there we go.
1: Yeah, it's an awesome team over there. Yeah. um So that's the software we chose. We used uh, another one before that, and I think we probably have tested out every single one in the yeah. industry just for us from a cleaning company perspective. This was the best fit. So we load you onto there, and um, what we'll do afterwards is we'll tell you, hey, here's a welcome email. You're all set up. Well, good to go. You can log in. You could see the upcoming reservations which are happening. You could see we could see like the quick check-ins and check-outs based off your reservation calendar because we sync with your iCal. Okay. So that's it. So on we your end...
0: Connect, like if I had a property management software, like let's say hostfully or mm-hmm. whatever, would you guys want to integrate with that way or does iCal work better for you?
1: You know, I, I think both of them are pretty much the same because they both pull from the same backend. So it doesn't really matter. We can integrate with any calendar. And the cool part is we could see um, when your check-ins and check-outs are happening as far in advance as like years. If you have booking reservations years from now, we can see how long the length of the stay is, meaning we know if it's a deep cleaning or not. Um, We see everything, right? And then there's all the notes in there as well. So on the customer's end, it should be very, very seamless. Now on your end, if you want to submit a request to us saying, hey, cancel this one because it'll show us a reservation, but it's not a real reservation. It's an owner block. You can just hit a submit request button and we'll get that as well. Now what happens on our end uh, for that is we have you assigned two cleaners, a primary and a backup. Mm -hmm. The primary is the one we want to go as often as possible. The reality is cleaners don't work every single day of the week. They take vacation, they get sick. So we always try to sign a backup. Uh, To be honest, this is the hardest part for homeowners to understand is I can't send the same cleaner every single time. I would love to. They just don't work all the time. Yeah. Sometimes they'll fall in love with the cleaner. So I only want this cleaner who cleaned the best. It's just not always possible. Um, but we'll try to match them with the same cleaners who can go. And the cleaner will go, um, hit the button, check in. The clock starts. The owner can see that. The cleaner will fill out the checklist which the owner specifies. Um, at the end of it, they get a report with the with the completed checklist. Uh, and also, the cleaner will know any issues. Issues being, you're running low on supplies. Here's some damages. And if so, we'll get notified about that. And then it gets pushed over to the owner as well so the owner can action that. So the goal is just to make it as seamless as possible um, for the owners so you like literally do not need to worry about the cleaning at all.
0: Yeah. And would the owner be responsible for the inventory? Is it the housekeeper they're, they're managing the inventory in the linen closet, the cleaning supply, all that stuff or.
1: Yeah, that's, so this is, um, a part where, so the quick answer is the owner has to do that. Okay. Uh, anything, the delineation is anything maintenance or property management related. We cannot do. Um, and we've strayed into that territory before, and it's always bit us. And I think we figured out: hey, we're just going to stay in our lane. It's cleaning only. We can't replace light bulbs. Uh, yeah. We can't restock supplies, except in very sometimes. There's like owners who've been with us for years who say, "Hey, I'm in Japan. I really can't. Can you please just do it?" Mm-hmm. Then we'll we'll do it. We just won't own it as our primary task.
0: For Sure, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, because we we always are. You know, I think that's the big management. Like I trust my cleaners pretty well. like They've been vetted, they, they do a good job, they meet mm-hmm. the checklist uh, but it's always the, how do we manage this inventory and balance of so, so you know, uh, so, oh my gosh, soaps and shampoos. Yeah. And, you know, all the other little, you know, guest amenities and just like laundry pods and dishwasher pods and... You so know, how all- do you do, Will? Uh, well, we actually are partnering with a company called Sojo that just automatically sends this package to the housekeeper or to the co-host and they yeah. are, and they just go unpack it and they put it, each little piece into its uh, designated spot whether it's a bathroom or the kitchen and that's it it's nice, nice wow and, and do they bright. ship it to the house directly
1: or do they ship it to the cleaner
0: you can pick you can ship it to the house directly i don't recommend that because when you have guests there it comes like they a day it. it comes like a day early usually okay you check out so because it's a shipping and logistics thing that you have to like manage but um well, you just send it to our co-host or to the housekeeper if they're you know on top of like we have our florida lady she just is on top of it mm. uh, so we just send it to her a day before checkout she brings it to the home cleans unpacks it places it where it belongs and voila she's done wow
1: yeah we go. what is it called
0: uh sojo so uh not to plug them too early <laughs> but uh get sojo.com it's, it's a great company um uh, you know we've gotten to know the team very well so they're pretty, yeah. pretty cool um yeah. And they, they do, they go off of your calendar. So they, they basically just do like that automated process for you. But um, anyways, enough about that, about you. So I'm curious to know, like, so 2015 versus 2021, completely different in a lot of ways, Uh, obviously COVID one, but two, I think we've seen a big, huge shift in payouts and pricing and how like these types of, of uh, operation expenses are costing either the owner or the manager. Um, how are you guys staying competitive in this market? What's, what's been your secret sauce in order to, <clears> to grow and, and to stay on top of, you know, these pricing you know jumps that we're all seeing in, inside different markets and different industries and all the above.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to be honest, I'm not too sure what's going on with the price increases of like a reservation. And has that also gone up drastically? Well,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it's all correlated and it's all relevant because uh, labor has gone up tremendously in every single industry, including cleaning, right? So for us, we have to keep raising our rates because the cleaners are just demanding more and more money. Mm -hmm. And our biggest thing is reliability. Mm -hmm. I never want to call a host and say, I don't have a cleaner for you. I'd rather just not sign up the host at all. It's it's better not to. So I guess how we've stayed competitive is picking the right host to work with who we know we could actually fulfill. For example, there might be some hosts who say, hey, I do... um, two days stays and every single time there's a same day checkout. Mm-hmm. I love that volume, but the reality is I don't ever want to not execute on that. And that's that's a thin margin of error. Mm-hmm. So we'll say no to hosts host like that. Um, and we also price in a way where it's higher priced than if you just got a normal cleaner off the shelf. Yeah. Um, for the reasons, because you have a team managing, right? You have a team checking your calendar. We have all the software. You don't need to worry about whether you have a cleaner showing up or not because there's always backup. So we're priced in a higher way, mm-hmm. meaning it's not really for anyone, everyone. At least for us, what's worked out nicely is that because it's higher volume, you don't need that many hosts to, you know, make a big difference or make a good chunk of change. 100%. Um so I guess we've stayed competitive just by picking the right hosts, um, ensuring that the hosts we do on board we actually can service. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we are we have to raise prices and we, we're continually having to raise prices. But there's been hosts who's been with us for a long, long time and I I feel like I feel bad. Like I just I don't, I don't, I'd still give them great sweetheart rates, but it's yeah. just like, Hey, I, I can't do the studio for this price anymore. It's just, yeah. that's just the way the world is now.
0: 100%. Well, I'm just like, I'm going into the, the whole, I don't know. Cause like everything is changing a lot. And so I, I think when it comes to pricing, like for, for you guys on the labor side, are you seeing a big, like, are you, I don't know how to like phrase this question, but I guess when you're picking, are you having a lot of hosts? That put in like a 24-hour buffer. Like I, I know in the beginning that was kind of the big thing with Airbnb. Yep. Like hey, put in a 24-hour buffer between guests. Da, da 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 da. Um, I know that we've made that a strategy. Um, for at least new properties that we sign, it's like hey, their go-live date is X, Y, and Z. So we're gonna turn on the calendar then. But for the first month, two months, whatever, we have a 24-hour buffer in between checkout and check-in. Mm-hmm. Our cleaner definitely has like that ability, availability, and flexibility to be like hey. I can't make it right at the time of checkout, but I can make it that next day and we can get it turned over for the next guest. Are you guys seeing a lot of strategies like that? I will happily sign up that host. Okay. Happily sign up that host. And
1: so I will also say things have changed, right? We had a labor crunch in the middle of 2021. Mm-hmm. Tough for everyone. We yeah. cannot do same day check-ins at that point. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's eased up quite a bit um recently. So we are getting... New cleaners, more cleaners. So we've actually eased up that requirement. So now we just say, hey, on Sundays when most cleaners are off for religious days, that's one day we can't allow same day check-ins. But other days, fine. That's okay. As yeah. long as it's not constant volume. But if there's a host, and we always recommend this, to Neos, if you have a buffer, mm-hmm. like guaranteed you'll be you'll be good. And I know for a host it's painful because they're like, hey, I might be losing a day of reservations. Yeah. But the reality is your life will be easier, at least from a cleaner's perspective, because the hardest part is if a cleaner can't go and you have a same day check-in, that's so much stress, right? Not just for the cleaning company, but for the host to to actually get that done. So if you just want to keep things smooth, having that one day buffer um, eases up a lot. And it doesn't have to be like, let's say a checkout's Tuesday. That doesn't mean, you know, you have to wait till Thursday, but at least wait till Wednesday at 3 p.m. or Wednesday at 11 Mm -hmm. a.m. So, you know, a buffer right there. And that's enough to be able to like combat any things which pop up. Because the reality is, Cleaners are in such high demand right now that yeah. a cleaner will easily call out, and you can't find someone else. 100%. That's just the reality of how it is. So I, I will. I think it's a sharp move from a business perspective too. Like it's going to yeah. pay dividends in the long run with re- good reviews, ease of operations. So, no, yeah,
0: I agree. And we, we've taken it off before. Um, we have a property up in the mountains, and so with you know ski type properties. Mm-hmm. You kinda, can't afford to have a, a non-booked weekend and so the way our calendar was one time it was like left one weekend open in december because of that rule it was like mm. we a weird in between for guests and unfortunately like unfortunately but fortunately all we had to do is call our housekeeper who's been such a loyalist um that she i was just like hey are you cool if i take off this rule for a bit we let the calendar fill up and like it's only for this couple months of you know bookings that we'll have back-to-backs and all this other stuff and she goes yep open it and i'll make sure it's done and then she you know that open communication i think was really crucial if i just did it and she was like hey why am i seeing all these back-to-back reservations i am on vacation or whatever yeah Uh, yeah and then of course we make the no check in no check out uh policy for christmas and new year's and all this other stuff so that way you know guests are staying through those holidays to give of course staff time off and all that um i'm curious for you though uh no i'm just i'm just thinking of uh where where are your guys's properties and destinations located throughout the country. I, I know you went into this franchise model, which I want to talk to you a little bit about too. Um, but where are you guys centrally located? Do you have an office anywhere? What's your main market? Anything like that?
1: Yeah. So we started in Los Angeles where I started the company. Okay. Um, so we cover all of greater Los Angeles. We also cover the Bay Area, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose. So those would be kind of corporate locations. We also cover all of Denver, um, so that's a franchise location in all of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which is another franchise location. So we launched the franchises uh, about a year ago. So two locations now and looking to onboard
0: a few more in the next year. Awesome. So how's that going? So just walk me through what was, the, what was the pandemic, the spark for the idea uh, of franchising? Did you ever think you were going to franchise?
1: Yeah, you know it's uh so we started technically right before the pandemics when like I got the LLC and everything done, and then we really just launched in the middle of the pandemic, which is a weird time to be launching a vacation rental cleaning franchise. But I thought, all right, whatever, like let's let's go and see what happens. Pretty much, uh, now I I was trying to figure out a way to expand, and this type of model with as it relates to labor is tough to do under one umbrella, right? I think you think about the companies who try to make this work. There's been like Handy. Who's partnered with Airbnb before? They try to do it with an Uber model. Mm-hmm. The downside of that model is that um, you have scale, but you don't have quality. Mm-hmm. Vacation rentals require quality because it relates to reviews and business, right? I'm so sure. that model didn't work. Then you have a hyper-localized model where you have like individual cleaners, which you could have them do things like pick up supplies, like laundry, you know, anything you need. Sure. You can't really scale it, right? So then you have a company like us who we're in one market, and I was thinking about how do we get across all these different markets? And I don't if I do it myself. It's a lot to do, and I don't know if we'd be able to provide a personalized service, which you can only do on a local basis, right? You can't be handy; you, you need to be locally in the market. So, franchises seemed like the logical avenue of expansion, as opposed to self-expanding or just only doing Los Angeles. So, um, that's how I decided on the franchise model. And to be honest, I was like, I was battling it because, like, I don't know if you felt this way, Will, but like, franchising's like what well, my parents did. You know, it's like it's like a that's a, that's like the previous generation. Like, we don't franchise, like, yeah. so. It took me a while to grapple with that. And I realized part of it is actually really good because our competitors in the franchise are like Molly Maids, Mary Mm Maids, like these companies from the 1970s. And we're kind of the new kids on the block, like the franchise for millennials, like work from anywhere you want, fully remote, using like tech to make life easier for everyone. Um, That's the kind of model we're coming into it with. So I kind of enjoy being the new kid on the block in a very old school industry.
0: For sure, and I'm I'm based out in Denver too, so I need to I need to find a. Year. Oh, there we go. If we, if we expand out here, guess what? Guess who's getting hired? You yeah. guys. <laughs> um, no, that's super cool, and I I'm just kind of curious from a founder to founder perspective, what's been the most challenging part that you guys or that you personally have overcome? Was it battling with that franchise decision, or um, is it just you know was it battling with giving up your day job to. Given to this, you know, entrepreneurial lifestyle where you know income isn't always guaranteed. It's uh, sometimes you have to invest more than you make, and whatever that may be. Um, is there, is there a uh, certain like pivotal, pivotal? Man, I can't speak today. I think I'm <laughs> I <go laughs> end on, of year. It's yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, pivotal moment for you uh, as a founder with this company.
1: Man, that's a great question. Um, I guess I'll start from the beginning. I don't think it was as big of a jump for me to quit my job. Uh, to go travel and build me this. Cause at the time I think we were doing like 30,000 a month in revenue. And I knew if I quit and did it full time, it'd go way bigger. And it did keep growing from there. Sure. Uh, so that wasn't as big of a deal. I think um, jumping into the franchise part as the new business model was something completely different, right? Cause you're going from selling cleaning and me running all everything and having a hand in everything to say, I need to systemize this all of a sudden sell people on the fact that, Hey, buy this product from me and X years of your life. Cause it works. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a different sale. It's a much more high ticket sale. Um, so I think that shift has been um, initially a struggle to get to like convince myself to do it. And now that I'm actually doing it, it is by far one of the toughest things I've done, but it's actually super fun. Yeah. I know how this is it because like it's a different challenge. You're talking with different people um, getting on podcasts like this. Like it's just it's just a very different way of doing business, which I never really had. So it almost made me it's, it's almost it feels like I opened up a different company. Um, which is completely separate. So I'd say this is probably the biggest challenge I've dealt with. And um, yeah, I'm liking it.
0: That's cool. And I can see it like being like you've had this product that you've been using. It's like when people create an app for themselves, right? They're like, I'm going to use this app because it's going to help my life. But then they put it on the Apple uh, App Store or whatever. And then all of a sudden these people start using it. And now it's becoming like the bones and structure of what they're doing. Uh, do you feel like that's kind of what it's like for you? When, you know, like I've got this structure, I have this system in place that works and I want to sell it to you in order to grow a, you know, lifestyle, uh, you know, I or maybe not lifestyle change, uh, but like a, a brand that's going to change your life and create, help you create the lifestyle that you want. Um, yeah. Us being millennials, uh, tech, uh, freedom of time and better use of our, our passions and, and everything else that goes into our careers. I think we've all seen through 2020 that a lot of people are starting to question is this what I want to do with my life? Am I, right. I happy? What makes me happy? Um, and you get to kind of sell that dream via your franchise. So, uh, yeah, I, I that's, guess
1: that's a great way to say it. And I would almost even say more directly. For the audience, mm-hmm. it's almost like when you're self managing your property and you're like, "I'm really good at this. Like, let me start doing. So let me start a property management company." And all of a sudden, you're running vacation rental property management company. But at that point, it's you, you can't just do everything yourself. You have to systemize it. Yeah. And then one step above that is um, not managing other people's property, but selling them the system for them to be their own property management company. Right. So it's different layers of it. Uh, but you're totally right. It's like it's kind of a different challenge. And I feel like in terms of the market it's at least for me I, I love being able to help people and say hey like this is what i did if it's a good fit for you and what you want out of life you could just copy what i did and like yeah. I, it's just a really cool feeling for me and I, I agree with you i think it's just a ripe time in the economy people are looking for a career change uh vacation rental has in my opinion never been hotter and it's not going to stop mm-hmm. right so it, it seems like a very
0: good perfect storm is, is kind of what i'd say Hey, Manuel. What are you doing in this episode? Did I forget a meeting?
2: Hey, Will. No, we don't have a meeting, but I love tuning into the recording, so I figured I'd hop in.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, hey, since I got you here, do you mind sharing some stuff about Jetstream? Ever since our episode on Slick Talk, we get tons of questions about you and, of course, Jetstream.
2: Of course.
0: I'd love to share. Anything specific. Well, I keep getting asked, what's the difference between Jetstream and any other service or tech in the vacation rental industry? My simple answer is that Jetstream isn't just the tech you need, but it's the people too. Am I close?
2: The short answer is yes. You see, maybe you're a short-term rental operator or a realtor or an investor. If you have an interest in short-term rentals and hospitality, you're looking for the most efficient way to either enter the industry or streamline your operations. You've got two options option one the hard one you find a pms hire staff learn the tools figure out ota distribution train yourself train your teams price your product deal with customers and you do everything yourself option two partner with jetstream Hallelujah. jetstream is a complete solution that maximizes your revenue in the short-term rental industry without increasing your fixed costs jetstream handles everything
0: So I don't need to sign up for vacation rental software or worry about distribution headaches. And what about branding? What if operators love their brand and name? Do they have to give that up in order to be powered by Jetstream? Absolutely not.
2: Jetstream does all of this white labeled under your brand name. Everything. You focus on delivering on-site guest delight and growing your inventory. Jetstream handles the rest. And to make it even easier for your listeners and anyone else who stumbles across this podcast, anyone who mentions code SLICKTALK50 will receive 50% off the first three months.
0: All right, coming in big with the 50% off for our listeners. Well, hey, Emmanuel, I just want to say thank you so much for shedding some light on the power of Jetstream and being such a great industry partner. I do have to get back to this episode, though, but let's get together soon for another virtual happy hour. First round's on me.
2: Sounds good. We'll see you soon.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. That's a good statement there. Yeah. Um, I I am curious. So like, so asking you, you know, the greatest struggle that you've had um, versus now I want to kind of go into the more like success part. Like obviously the franchise is a big piece of Mm -hmm. that success, but um, you know, LA is not a small market. Right. That's for sure. So starting there, um, and I don't know. Do you have any just like personal success stories that you just have, mm-hmm. you just have milestones throughout starting the company? Because uh, I, I don't know. I posted a post on LinkedIn. Uh, December twenty seventh was the two year mark for going full time podcast entrepreneur mm-hmm. stuff, um, and just doing a lot of reflection, a reflection, and seeing these milestones that were hit um, along the way, the support along the way. Anything for you that sticks out from just kind of jumping all in and, and any current.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess there's like key moments that come to mind. Um, and I'll, I'll list a couple of them. One of them, uh, I remember when I, I quit my job. And part of the reason I started is uh, my parents had video rental stores. Do you remember mm-hmm. those, well? Like the old Blockbusters? Oh, yeah. Right, so they, they had their own private ones. Mid-2010s, they weren't doing that well. So I wanted to start a company where my mom at least could work from the company while at home. So that's mm-hmm. where Mavis started, and that's part of why it was remote. So I remember I quit, and there's one time my mother and I were walking on the beach right after we started. And, uh, I got a call. It was from like a customer who needed a cleaning. I picked it up close the sale on the beach <clears throat> and then coordinated with the cleaner done. And it was like $200 for the cleaning, you know, cleaner got half of that, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I'm walking on the beach and I just made a hundred bucks from like doing nothing. Like, this is incredible. Yeah. Like, I can't believe this is how business works uh so I, that was just like a, like a moment like a light bulb moment i'm like wow i could do this from anywhere and that's when i started traveling and i traveled for five years while just building it remotely and i every time i travel and i made a sale i was always like this is this is so cool you can kind of do it from anywhere yeah. I'd say that moment was like very key in me just like realizing the power of business the power of being remote and how just technology has enabled us to do a lot of this a lot of these things another cool part where i felt like like oh i made it was um so my um, operations team is across a few different countries. Mm-hmm. So I visited my team um, in South Africa. Oh, wow. Uh, it's actually a, a group of Jehovah's Witnesses in the mountains in South Africa. <laughs> uh, so I went there and I stayed for like a month and I stayed with them. I went to like their Kingdom Hall meetings and like everything. And they took me out to go visit everyone in the town. Uh, and it, it was just like a kind of like, a wow, I can't believe like I, I employ a group over here yeah. in the middle of Africa and they were welcoming into their home and we're just kind of like a family now. It was, it was just kind of like an awakening moment of like, Oh, this is real. Like, yeah. this isn't just some weird online thing we're doing. Like I'm meeting real people on the other side of the world. that I never would have met in my life if it wasn't for made this. Mm-hmm. So that was another really, really cool feeling.
0: That's, that's super cool. Like I, I got, I honestly just got goosebumps. <laughs> that. So that's, that's actually pretty sweet. Cause it is true. Like we, like, I don't know about you and like, your parents my parents are well in their 60s and they're probably going to be watching this when this uh is streaming so mm-hmm. sorry mom and dad to call you out <laughs> but uh like you know, they just i don't it's just different right like they don't get that we are behind a keyboard talking to one if not hundreds of people uh a day a week or whatever uh time frame you want to give it throughout the whole world not just you know our neighborhood or our city mm-hmm. or like I'm talking to people like you said South Africa, Germany, Spain, all over the place. Uh Florida, you got all over the states and Canada, a lot particularly for for me. Um, but they just don't get that. And like so for you with your parents what's uh what's that relationship been like you know getting to show them that you've built uh, this company that's on a on a global level, telling them the stories of meeting your team in South Africa. Like what's that response from them?
1: Man, great great question. I'm I'm curious curious what it is like for you as well. <laughs> um, so I, my background, I'm Indian, right? So I, I don't know if you know many Indians will, but like at least first generation Indians, our parents are like, you're going to be a doctor, an engineer or a lawyer. Like that's what you do, right? So I was working in this great lucrative job in finance and they kept thinking like, "You so you're going to quit this job. You're going to yeah. start a cleaning company and you're going to go travel. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what what are you doing? They never, they would never be the type to ever tell me no, which is, which I love them for. Uh, By the beginning, they were extremely worried, even though they didn't vocalize it to me. I mean, as they saw the the company grow and grow and grow and especially that first year where I quit and then in one year, the company doubled, then wow. I think they had more confidence of like, oh, wow, like he knows what he's doing. And I think the cool part is my mom was also involved in the company and helping yeah. out with some of the day to day. So she kind of got to see the growth. So um, now I think they, it's what my dad until like two years ago was like, so when are you going to go back and work in like finance again? And I'm like, dad, I've been doing this for like like eight <laughs> years. Like we have a, we have a franchise, like, so i think it took him a while to get it uh yeah. but now that they see i'm doing this and i'm doing well um they've been happy and that yeah they haven't said much That's how's cool.
0: it for you will uh uh i don't know i don't think they get it as much uh in the sense of like i manage a couple of their homes so they get that part but they don't get the mm. podcast and which is like honestly my main uh business i am mm. a, a coo co-founder for recreation rentals but then uh i'm ceo solo founder for slick talk media hospitality.fm all these things uh bring on a team and like they just don't get the podcasting space which is understandable like you know when people were making money off of youtube everyone's like what how do you how are you a millionaire off of youtube making videos um so it's kind of you know that same thing my parents had different expectations for me growing up uh in the sense of they wanted me to become a pastor so i was oh wow yeah i was called to the church and to lead and, and be preaching every sunday but um, you know for me, just particularly, I just you know I love people in that sense. I love you know connecting and being mm-hmm. deep and conversational, but it was more in the sense of not through church. I just wanted to just take that barrier away, and then also, uh I think when I found hospitality uh for me, it found like my true sense of like i like I struggled with depression super bad prior to um multiple like years of just being depressed and not knowing mm-hmm. who I was. But then like getting into entrepreneurial uh, like adventures and finding hotels and hospitality and travel and all these things like I started to really try and uh, uh, not try but find who I was as a person outside of that. So mm. uh, it actually freed me in a lot of ways. And I think my parents now today can can see, you know, this isn't just a uh, some little podcast. That we're- <laughs> <laughs> it's a fad. Yeah. going go away. Yeah. Yeah. So, I didn't think it would get to this point. I just started out of boredom, so like for I think from seeing that that it wasn't like a planned out thing for me to go into this business um it was just a hobby and then turned into a business. um, I think that was a little off putting for them, especially when I quit my day job as a hotel manager that you know would scare almost anybody yeah uh but yeah it's it's worked out so. Uh, at the end of the awesome. day i it's think been
1: 2017 is when you started the podcasting
0: uh, so yeah 4 years i've been doing the podcast but i quit my day job uh 2 years in so december 27th 2019 was my wow. full time start Very day.
1: cool man yeah yeah. yeah
0: yeah so cool stuff but no i always like to i like i find it very interesting cuz my friend uh Tejal, uh Patel she she kind of tells the same story you know uh first generation parents from india uh, they were very like, hey, you're going to you're going to go become a doctor, or a lawyer or whatever. Mm. But they're actually hoteliers. So hers was a little bit different. It's like, hey, mm. you better not leave the industry. You're going to become a hotelier uh, like us. And so yeah. uh, that's and- like
1: it like that. The, the Patel motel industry is like a mafia clan. Like
0: it's just <laughs> it truly is. It's crazy. Yeah. no, It's been really cool, though, to like see like her change it and like mm. kind of bring in that millennial. You know spice to it it's like hey i'm not going to do it the old way obviously the old way wasn't working um because times are changing right yep. we have more tech we have more software we have you know, everything so it's just oh wow uh it's been really cool to, to see um you know see her take on that role of of leadership and changing uh the you know the overall dynamic for
1: yeah you know, so. cool that's awesome yeah that's cool to hear
0: well i'm curious for you so you know we're recording this 2022 or sorry. 2021. Wow. I really just need coffee. Today. Uh, but we're, we're going into 2022. You mm. you've are obviously trying to grow the franchise side now, but what's, what's the next step? What's going to be, what are you going to be hitting the ground running in Q1, Q2 of 2022 to really make, made this like, just take off in, in more directions than you expected?
1: Yeah. So yeah. So I spent like the last couple of weeks kind of solidifying that plan. It's it's actually one of my favorite times. Maybe I'm just like a really nerdy planner, but it just makes me pumped, right? Like I'm gonna do this, this, this. You get on paper. So next year, for me personally with the franchise, I want to award about five new franchise locations in the U.S. It's not crazy growth, but my goal is just like I want to work with people who I would want to get a beer with, right? Yeah. That's my that's my goal is like, you have to be smart, motivated, uh, understand the niche, but also more importantly, we have to get along because it's gonna be a long-term relationship. So yeah. five, finding five people in the year uh, to really work with, to really cater, to really take care of, that's number one goal for me, this franchise. Mm-hmm. And for my corporate locations, um, I'm mostly out of the day-to-day, but I actually want to see it um, grow completely without me. So mm-hmm. my job now is shifted towards hiring the right people, putting them in the right place, ensuring I could provide like any leadership management accountability as much as possible and have us grow, I'd say 30%, um, with a lot less involvement from me. So that's kind of like, if I can nail
0: those two goals on
1: on the business end,
0: I'm feeling good. Yeah. Well, those are, those are great goals. And I think that's going to like, I find that as like the uh, evolution of a, Entrepreneur and a business owner, right? Like they're they're loving the hustle, the day to day, the the go, like scalability, the growth, all this fun stuff, the structure, the systems. Mm-hmm. And there's like phase, <clears throat> let's call it phase three, right, where you're like at that point of, all right, shoot, I built this like empire that is self-sustaining, it's mm-hmm. cool, it's uh you know growing every year without me even doing anything other than attending a couple meetings, I can yep. actually go to the beach in Mexico and drink martinis or uh, margaritas or whatever you want to do. Um, that's like a whole new phase of like entrepreneurship before either an exit or a sale. And I think like, I don't know, it's just a very different mindset. And that I find like you get into the more fun stuff when it comes to like leadership, like the, you know, maybe let's say the 10 hours a week or the five hours a week that you're working are solely focused on, investment into your team and you yep. into, into all the, the fun stuff, you know, developing those leadership skills. Uh, so for you, I guess, do you, do you find passion and, and excitement in the the growth and leadership side for, for the people that you're working with and, you know, working, having work under you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great question. I think um, kind of what you mentioned with like the phases and like the lids and what you're capped at, like yeah. it, it makes so much sense. Cause just in this last month, I kind of realized, when starting a business, you oftentimes hire doers, people who will follow you with direction. And you give them direction, you tell them what to do. Yeah. And you have to keep telling them direction what to do. It's almost like if you're an octopus, it's one of your tentacles, right? Is like, you're still the one moving it, but they're the ones doing it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we do that in early in business because those people are often cheaper. It's easier to hire. Um, you want you want to be a little bit more involved. And I realized only recently, it's hard to get out of the mindset when you do it for a long time, right? You yeah. just end up, end up with those Types of people, great people, um, but not ones who will allow you to fully exit the business. So what I realize is, I my focus now is on hiring people who aren't dependent on me giving them direction or not dependent on me, like babysitting them. Mm-hmm. In some ways, like I, we, I need people who could take this to the next level completely without me. Yeah, that doesn't mean they're they're always better at me than stuff. Like yeah. they could be eighty, ninety percent as good as I'm at the task, but that's fine as long as you're self sufficient. So that's a lot of my focus now is finding those right people. Then you're right. I think the leadership part of it and making sure the pieces are in the place um, to coach them, provide guidance, provide structure, and I think that's going to depend on like what your skill set is. Yeah, like for me, it might be more about. um, I, I think I'm pretty good in the business at figuring out what the real problem is and then creating a system around it. Mm-hmm. I might not be as good at like holding people accountable to the system where I know I'm not good, yeah. uh, but I could find it. So I'm going to try to focus on that part and find other people to button up the part I'm not good at. So that's going to be a lot of my focus is getting those right people in the door. Um, since the model is set, like we know what we got to do. We just got to execute it.
0: For sure. No, I love, yeah. I love that plan. Well, hey, I love to ask every guest on the show, One final question before they go. And uh, while the listeners are in uh, and they're on their Apple, their Spotify, Google, Apple, or hospitality.fm, our newest uh, player. um, If people are looking at the show notes, what was the one link you'd want to send them to learn more about you, to learn more about made this, anything, anywhere you want to send them?
1: Yeah, I would probably say uh, www.madethisfranchise.com. Uh, from there, you could even get the link to my direct website for more information, other podcasts I've been on, but the whole franchise opportunities on there. Um, and at least for what I'm seeing, I think to be honest, a lot of the best people to run this are people who understand the niche, which is hospitality, right? Then yeah. it's a layup. It's, it's just literally what you're doing. You're just adding another piece of the pie of that supply chain into to your uh, portfolio. So, yeah, very much again. Look forward to chatting with anyone who sees this and thinks
0: it's a good fit. Awesome. Well, Hey, all slick talkers listening right now, you will get a link in the show notes. So go ahead, like, and subscribe all things made this follow and tune into more episodes like this, Neil, I want to say, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. I look forward to watching you grow and scale and hopefully, you know, having a couple of nice drinks on the beach uh, in 2022. Definitely. Thanks, Will. My pleasure. Smart locks, smart thermostats, automation, and a solution for any hotel and vacation rental company. Our show partners at Operto are the leading solution for operators to enhance their operations by integrating with your property management software and making sure that all your smart devices create a contactless guest experience while streamlining your operations. So don't forget to check them out on their website, send me a message, or just let them know that we'll send you and you are in good hands. So get ready to enjoy another episode of Slick Talk the Hospitality Podcast and check out Operto.com or go to the podcast website and see our partners page.